I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Anthony Pompliano, a podcaster, entrepreneur, and an investor. Anthony, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Super excited to do this. Thanks for being here. First off, I know that you send out a daily newsletter to over 200,000 people, have published over 850 episodes on your podcast, The Pomp, manage a massive investment portfolio, and more. Can you tell more about what you do, how you manage it all, and what a typical work day looks like for you? For sure. Um, pretty much I spend most of my time investing. A lot of the content stuff uh, is helpful for the investing activity. Um, in terms of my uh, kind of normal day, I wake up, uh, I shower, I get dressed, I uh, come to the office, I write the newsletter in the morning, uh, then we record a bunch of content. I'm usually done with all of that by about uh, 12.30 or one o'clock. Uh, then I have a lot of meetings and phone calls for uh, the investing activities. Uh, I try every day to go for a walk with my wife and uh, you know, eat some food, drink some water, and then I go to sleep and do it all over again. But, uh, but it's an absolute blast. Well, it's incredible that you're able to juggle so many things and get all of your podcast recordings done by like 1230 or one. That must have taken a lot of practice to find the right balance. Yeah, it's just building systems, right? It's so the, yeah. the more efficient we are, the more kind of systematized we are, uh, the more content we can produce without having to spend hours and hours and hours doing it. Most people to create this much content, uh, they would have a team of folks working 24 seven you know, all the time, and they probably couldn't create as much content as we do, but we, we have kind of a good system down. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about your background, education, and the path you took to get here? Yeah, I was a horrible student uh, in high school, but I made it through. Congratulations to me and all of my, uh, my fellow students. Uh, then I went to Bucknell University. Um, I studied uh, economics and uh, also uh, took some classes in uh, sociology and things like that. Uh, I was in the military for a while uh, and then I started working. And so, uh, you know, went to, uh, went to college um, and then uh, got a good education in the army as well. Yeah, that sounds like a really incredible journey. I don't know if it was incredible, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it got me here. So I'm thankful for it. Yeah, impressive. Since you invest in Bitcoin, can you explain to our listeners what cryptocurrency is and what role you think it'll play? Yeah, so Bitcoin is uh, a currency, just like anything else. There's uh, dollars or some people want to use gold or euros or, or pesos, etc. Uh, it's digital, meaning that there is no physical form of it. And it is decentralized. And so decentralization just means that nobody controls it. It is uh, out there and uh, can only be changed if majority of people agree. So no one organization or person. And so if you really think of Bitcoin, the simplest explanation is that it is a digital decentralized currency. So no physical version, nobody controls it, and people use it to either save in or to buy goods and services. Well. Cryptocurrency is a really hard concept to grasp. Thanks for explaining that. I'm excited to see what happens with crypto when I'm about your age. <laughs> Listen, the, the yeah. thing that I always tell young people is uh, you should start learning about this stuff now. And, uh, and then you should also start to uh, learn about investing, right? And, mm -hmm. and investing isn't necessarily that you want to go take a ton of risk. Uh, what you want to do is you want to learn the timeless investing principles. And they're usually uh, you know, good 
um, because compounding is your friend. And the earlier you start, the better off you'll be. So if I had started when I was your age, I would uh, be way, way, way wealthier than, uh, than I uh, hope to be one day. And it's just because I would have started earlier. Yeah. So since you're a venture capitalist that invests in business startups, what advice do you have for young people who are starting businesses? And what about those who are seeking funding for their businesses? Well, in terms of building a company, I think uh, the easiest things to remember are you have to build products that people want. You have to make more money than you spend. And that ultimately the company you build is based on the people that you hire. And if you think about those principles, those aren't things that I thought of. Those are uh, pretty timeless principles that other folks have come up with, but I think they're great uh, kind of guiding um, principles in terms of how to build, uh, build a great business. So literally just solve somebody's problem, do it in a really uh, kind of effective way financially and make sure you have good people uh, that work with you. In terms of uh, people who are trying to fundraise, what I would tell those people is just be really, really concise in what your pitch is. The more that I hear people using big words or trying to make ideas complex, the less excited I am, right? It just doesn't make any sense. The best pitch is somebody tells me in two sentences, here's what we do, here's how big the market is, and then here's a couple of data points to show that it's working. Of course I'm interested, it's already working and it could get really, really big and I understand what it is. That's exactly what most investors are looking for when they hear a pitch. Wow. Thanks for sharing all that. That's really good advice. And I can see how a lot of that will be useful to me and hopefully a lot of our listeners who are interested in starting their own businesses. Absolutely. I'd, I'd invest if you were doing something. Wow. Thanks. So you have 1.5 million tw Twitter followers, publish an extremely popular business podcast and send a daily newsletter to over 200,000 people. How did you build the audience that you have and what advice do you have for young people looking to start building an online audience? Uh, if I was uh, not taking myself seriously, I would say I built the audience because I say dumb things on the internet. Uh, but no, the, the truth is that I just every day for six years now, every day just created content and the audience built over time. Um, I think a lot of people compare their first day to you know my sixth year. Obviously, that's just not the right way to do it. Instead, you got to look at one day when I started, I didn't have the email. I didn't have the podcast. I didn't have YouTube. I didn't have any of that stuff. I had uh, a Twitter account and I started tweeting and then I started to gain some Twitter followers and then I launched the email. And when I launched the email in May of 2018, there was one person who subscribed in the first minute and then there was another person and another person and those 200 plus thousand people uh, are made up of individuals who over the last you know, five years or so for the newsletter have decided I want to subscribe to this. And I think that's what uh, a lot of people forget is that it just takes time. That's awesome. We're about to start rolling out a social media strategy for my podcast and online recycling business course. So this is really helpful for me right now. Thanks for sharing. I love it. Speaking of my course on how kids can start a neighborhood recycling business, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Kids Green Team. Looking for a way to start making some good money this summer? Start picking up plastic film recyclables like shipping air pillows, plastic bags, plastic packaging, and more from your neighbors. These items can't be put in your curbside recycling bin, but they can be recycled at multiple locations throughout your city. I started doing this over a year ago in my neighborhood, and I make about $150 a month for about an hour of work. 
I don't know about you, but that's way more than my normal allowance. I even teamed up with my good friend Micah and created a course that teaches you exactly how to create a business like this yourself. Check out kidsgreenteen.com for more information. Okay, let's get back to the show. How do you make difficult decisions? Like, are there specific mental models that you use or criteria that you can consider? Um, I, I think there's probably two or three things. So uh, each decision is different, which is really important. I try to be informed uh, on what the decision is that I am uh, going ahead and uh, um, uh, making the decision. Uh, I try to make sure that uh, I always know what the most important thing is in that decision. So if there's four or five different components, I say, what's the most important thing that I'm optimizing for here? Uh, and then lastly is uh, there's a framework that Jeff Bezos talks about uh, where he's, he basically calls it the regret minimization framework. And that is the whole idea that if you fast forward and you think about 80 years old, you know, lying on your deathbed and you say to yourself, what is the decisions that uh, I make now that I will have the least regret later? And I think that's a pretty good way to think about it. It's just live your life with no fear and no regret. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. At home, we talk about a lot about mental models and how to think about things. We actually talk about Jeff Bezos's regret minimization framework, uh, the confirmation bias, opportunity cost, and stuff like that. That's awesome. If I had known that stuff when I was younger, I would have made a lot better decisions. <laughs> yeah. This one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? always invest in yourself, always bet on yourself, always invest in yourself. Uh, I think that folks think of investing as merely how much money can I make? Uh, but what they realize it over time is uh, investing in yourself pays the greatest dividends. I think that's a Warren Buffett quote. Um, and it, it sounds cheesy, but really that is, uh, that is more true than most people realize. And so anytime you get the chance to learn, anytime you get the chance to talk to somebody who has a differentiated worldview, uh, anyone who's had experiences different than you, just soak up as much as you can uh, from those individuals. And it usually ends up being pretty valuable. Wow, that's a really good answer. I don't know if it's a good answer, but that's what came to mind. <laughs> so is there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? I fail at stuff all the time. Um, I, I would say that many of the times that I failed in life, uh, it's hard to see in the moment that uh, it's going to end up being positive. But uh, th there's two, uh, two data points or, or kind of stories that I'll tell you. So uh, one comes from uh, Steve Harvey. And uh, he talks about in a recent interview, this idea that uh, think of the absolute worst day in your life. You got through it. So 100% of your worst days, you survived. So when you face the next bad day, you're going to be fine. Right? You'll get to the other side of it. And so I think that's a, a pretty good framework. And then the second one is uh, an old, uh, I think it's a Chinese parable. Uh, um, and the whole idea of it is there's a farmer. And uh, with this farmer, uh, he has a son. And his son really, really, really wants to go away to college. Uh, but he doesn't get accepted. Everyone's like, man, you're really unlucky. And he says, maybe. And then all of a sudden, uh, his son loses a horse. He says, wow, you're really unlucky. He says, maybe. And then all of a sudden some wild horses show up and they say, wow, you're really lucky. He says, maybe. And then one day his son's riding the horse and he falls off and he breaks his leg. And all the neighbors are like, wow, you're really unlucky. 
says maybe. And then there's a war and they start to draft young men into the war. And when they come, his son has a broken foot, so they can't draft him. And they say, wow, you're really lucky. And he says, maybe. And the whole point of that, and there's various versions of that that will get shared around the internet. The whole point of that story is you can't tell the future. Sometimes mm -hmm. something happens and you think it's good, but it's bad in hindsight. Sometimes a bad thing happens. It's actually good in hindsight. So you just got to kind of not worry too much and then keep going. Yeah, I've actually heard about that. And thanks for sharing the, that and the other one. Of course. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? Oh, there's a lot of people. Obviously, my parents uh, have been, had a huge, huge impact on me. My wife's had a huge impact on me. Um, you know, many, many others. But uh, I think that you can learn something from every person and deliver that uh, you become who you spend the most time with. And I also am a big believer uh, that you should be very intentional about the uh, the people that uh, that you end up uh, uh, taking advice from. One of the big things about advice is you can ask anyone for advice, but sometimes the person you ask is almost more important than what they say. And so if you ask somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about for advice on something, then you're probably going to get bad advice. If you ask somebody who does know what they're talking about, they may not even give you advice. They may simply tell you a couple of stories and then you can run with that information from there. So who you ask advice from is usually an important thing as well. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? Nothing. Zero. Every good and bad decision, I would do exactly the same because I'm super happy uh, today. Mm -hmm. And uh, every single one of those decisions got me here. Um, and so, you know, I made mistakes, I, all that kind of stuff, but, but I wouldn't change any of it because I might not be here. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Everyone's making it up as they go. So just have fun and, uh, and remember that everybody puts on their pants one leg at a time. You can remember that you'll be all right. Doesn't matter how much money they have, how successful they are. Everyone is the exact same. They're humans. They're figuring it out. And uh, you can too. Just got to do the work. Well, that's a really great answer. And I'm sure will resonate with a lot of our listeners. Thank you. Of course. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What room does a ghost not need? What room does a ghost not need? I don't know. Which one? A living room. <laughs> that's a pretty good one that, that's like a dad joke yeah thanks <laughs> thanks again for joining us on the kids learn career show don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends see you next time